0: Welcome back to the Irish Bear Show. We have to do a little bit different in the intro there. Just get ready for more Bears football. It always gets me hyped up being able to watch some of the stuff, especially when Justin Fields is there. Because I have to remind myself that Justin Fields is actually a bear. We have Adam Rank with us today. Adam, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing real well. Thank you. Yeah, that video got me fired up. Seeing all I forgot about Goodwin and some of the other, you know, things that are going on with this team and the improvements that were made and so yeah it's excellent to uh, to see that video and to see our uh, backup quarterback for week one justin fields <laughs> yeah exactly we don't we don't need
0: to have the start we don't need to have the starter in there at all look guys we are live over on youtube so do make sure that you head over there just m- make sure that you kind of get in involved in the comments kind of get your questions in throughout the show it'll be great to have kind of your opinions as well look I guess to start it off before we kind of go into everything that's happened this week with what Matt Nagy has been saying, um, Adam, what's been your opinion of the off season? Cause we've had a couple of different people on and we've kind of gone early on in the off season. Everybody was going up to kind of riot outside Hallis Hall. Then the draft happens. Aaron Rodgers wants to get out of green Bay. Justin Fields becomes a bear and then everything seems to be good again in Chicago bears land. So What's your opinion of what has gone on since kind of we stopped football after that kind of terrible Saints game in the playoffs? Yeah, that was one of the things.
1: um, Right after the season, everybody wanted Matt Nagy fired. Everybody wasn't satisfied with the way the team was moving. You know, they were, even though they've been to the playoffs two out of the last three years, everybody wanted a complete overhaul Which to me, I've I've been a big Matt Nagy guy, so I I don't think I'm telling tales out of school. People know, you know, whatever Bears podcast I'm on or or show, I'm always the one who seemingly is sitting here defending Matt Nagy. (laughs) So I wasn't as upset as everybody, but certainly, even for the optimist like me, the tenor changed drastically. uh, The morning of the draft, when Aaron Rodgers, that story leaked that Aaron Rodgers was upset with the Green Bay Packers and perhaps... He would not return to the team. And it just it just started a day that ended with the Bears drafting Justin Fields, something that seemed seemingly impossible. You know, sitting there, I, you know, it's, it's tough. I was talking about it earlier today with, uh, with stepmom Lauren on another show. And just what was going on that day? Because you forget the 49ers were such a wild card at the third overall pick. Obviously, I didn't think that they were going to go with Mac Jones. But you didn't know who it was going to be. And after they went with Trey Lance and the Falcons went with Kyle Pitts, um, the Broncos wanted to go with the cornerback, the Panthers stuck with Sam Darnold. Then you're like, hey, this this could actually happen. Screaming for one of those NFC East teams to make the deal to let us move up. And, of course, the Giants did. And there were a few anxious moments because as Bears fans – as much as we thought, like oh, they're gonna go draft Justin Fields. Like we've seen this movie enough to know they could also be drafting Mac Jones. So let's not get too crazy.
2: <laughs> they they um, could have been drafting. A, they could have been drafting a kicker, Adam. That's what was knows. going to. It could have been anything.
1: Could have been anybody. You know. So after that moment, the off season is completely switched. Like it's it's been an off season like the Bears won the Super Bowl. Like I think that we're crowing as much as probably more so than Buccaneers fans. You know, walking around doing the Conor McGregor, you know, just kind of walking around. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I've been walking around like this. I haven't stopped. So um, <laughs> it's been pretty incredible. So it's been a great reversal in fortune. And I understand the score. I know that Justin Fields could, you know, there's a possibility he doesn't work out on the NFL level. I don't care because we're talking about right now. And this is the quarterback that we wanted. And no matter what happens, if it ends like it ended with Mitch Trubisky, I can at least walk through and be like, at least we went for the guy that we wanted. That's fine. Mitch is a quarterback that we never wanted. You know, you saw like you saw the whole thing. Like when Mitch was at a Bulls game, he got booed. When Justin Fields was at Wrigley Field, you would have thought Eddie Vedder was singing "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's crazy. So no matter what happens, and there's I get it. There's a possibility this doesn't pan out, but this is the guy that we wanted. This to me was the second best quarterback in the draft. And if you only watched the games when Ohio state was going head to head with Trevor Lawrence and Clemson, you would have been asking yourself, why is Justin Fields not considered the better quarterback over Trevor Lawrence? So we're in the situation that we wanted to be in and it's been fantastic. And until reality slaps me in the face again, I'm going to live it up.
0: (laughs) That's exactly what we want, though. And I completely agree because we've had different people on that have had, like, different rankings in terms of the quarterbacks. And I've kind of been adamant, even prior to the draft, that kind of Lawrence and Justin Fields 1A and 1B because you look at when they're playing on the field and that's the way I would rank them. But the problem was that the minute that the game stopped playing – that all of the stories kept coming out. And it happens every year that somebody is kind of like the target from the media or personnel guys that it just seems that everything goes on. The same thing happened to Jason Watson a couple of years yeah. ago as well. And he felt, but look, I, I'm glad that it happened because because of that, he falls to the bears is the guy that we wanted. Like you said, we did a live show for that and both of us when the trade went up we're like please don't be Mac Jones yeah. and then the the minute that we saw that Justin Fields sitting room was empty I think that kind of set it in that okay this is actually happening it just reminds me of kind of the meme from uh, that where it goes oh crap it's got it's actually happening now it's it, it's it's one of those that it is kind of surreal and Bears fans do have to kind of like you said, it's that kind of Conor McGregor walks like, yeah, we have a quarterback now. Green Bay's quarterback wants to go. The Lions are still the Lions and the Vikings are still stuck with Kirk Cousins. So I guess kind of looking at this, this division moving forward, how confident are you in terms of this team? Because I think before the draft, I think a lot of people were very down on kind of the future of the Chicago Bears. They were thinking defense is starting to get older offense is fairly poor that hasn't shown a lot you probably have alan robinson and nothing else but just shows that how quickly kind of times can change in the nfl it can take one rookie class and then suddenly you've gone from having absolutely no hope to really looking in the future like we could have our franchise quarterback
1: yeah and that's one of the biggest things too because this is the defense does get a little bit older and they're going to need to we're going to need to improve. Uh, obviously, Kyle Fuller is now a member of the Denver Broncos. Jalen Johnson is going to need to step up at cornerback. Eddie Jackson's going to need to step up. And, of course, having a, a defensive coordinator who comes from the Vic Fangio school should help. And you understand that the defense isn't what it is from 2018, but it is still very good. And it's much different when you have an offense that can go out there and actually win a game for you and this is one of the things that I always try to explain to Packer fans who I know that they're in denial right now because many of them are are young people like yourselves and they don't remember what it was like not having a Hall of Fame quarterback and let me tell you like I you don't even have to remember like you don't even have to remember you you know this is a Bears fan you can sit there and look at a roster like the Packers and be like, look at our defense. We've got one of the best secondaries in the game. Our defense is great. We've got Devontae Adams. If your quarterback sucks, it doesn't matter. Because anytime you fall behind double digits, it's a 10-point deficit. You're not you're not going to rally to win that game. And that is the thing that as a Bears fan, we had to live with. Anytime this team was down two scores, the game was over. You know, and the defense, no matter how good it is. You can't expect them to go out there and have to pitch a perfect game every time they get out onto the field. That's just impossible. And you have to, it's, it's so hard to thread that needle. In 2018, the Bears did a great job of threading that needle. But when it came down to, you know, one missed kick, that's all it took to derail the whole thing. Like we could not rely on our quarterback to score enough points for us to win. You know, I know that the, the, at the end of the game, the Bears gave up that long drive. It's like, yeah, but the offense should have scored more than 16 points. Like, that's, yeah. that's the bottom line. Like, if Mitch had gone out there and put up a 24 spot on that the that game's over. It doesn't matter. So that's, that's what the Packers are in for. And they can sit there and fool themselves and tell them, like, oh, the, the way this roster's constructed, F that. I don't I – don't, I've lived that. It doesn't work that way. You can get away with it once. And this is why we see teams like the Bears did this. The 49ers did it. I know they dealt with injuries last year. But that's another team. Like, ah, If your quarterback is not winning you games, you you can't compete for championships. It's just not going to happen. So I really feel confident, especially if Justin Fields is the player that we think he is, that this is going to be a transitional phase for the bears and i think the most i know that deshaun watson is one that people throw around i to me i find it more similar to dak prescott when he came into the dallas cowboys clearly was out playing tony romo was the better quarterback and they were going to go with tony romo like people forget that they were going to go they were going to start tony romo now jason garrett and the cowboys got bailed out because tony romo got hurt And I'm not wishing Andy Dalton to get hurt or anything like that. But Dak Prescott came in immediately. And that team was 13-3 and and went to the playoffs. And I'm not saying that the Bears would do that. But that would be the trajectory I would expect. Because as the defense understandably falls off a little bit, your offense has improved so greatly that it's going to make up for the deficit and probably exceed it.
2: One of the one following on left, man. One of the, my favourite bits from the Justin Fields draft night was over here, Ireland, looking at YouTube and watching all the clips of the fans going absolutely ballistic, and everyone saying different things and people losing their minds, including ourselves. But one that stuck with me was when you did it, and you came on and made a really interesting point that I've mentioned on the show two or three times. Is I want Rodgers to stay at Packers, and we're the only Bears fans that wants that to happen because I want us to beat the Packers with him as quarterback. I don't want to hear this, oh, well, Rodgers, I don't want to hear it. I want Fields in the next two years to go out and smash them with Rodgers, with their wide receivers. They can have all the draft picks they want. They can have all the players they want. I don't care. That's how confident that Justin Fields is created. From the draft night, do you still feel the same way?
1: Yeah, I still feel I mean, obviously, it's fun to joke and poke fun at the Packer fans, but you're absolutely right because – Not that I I would care. Not that I would feel hollow. But I would like to close the door on the Aaron Rodgers chapter. You know what I'm saying? Like, remember the first night when Khalil Mack had joined the Bears in that first half when they were smacking Aaron Rodgers around? I want that kind of transition of power. I don't want him limping off to Denver or Las Vegas or whatever. I want to send his ass there. Like, I want to wrap (laughs) him up and send him out of here and let him know, like, we're, you're, this is not your decision. I'm breaking up with you. We've ended, <laughs> we've ended your your era of dominance. Like if you look at it, like if you were a a prize fighter. I know I'm a huge professional wrestling guy, but it goes back to what Rick Flair always said: to be the man, you got to beat the man. Let's beat the man. I want yeah. Justin Fields to go up against Aaron Rodgers twice this season and be victorious, and then look at those Packer fans in the eye and say, look at. You've had 30 plus years of Hall of Fame quarterback play. You should have you should have ran up the score a little bit more. Like for the Packers, it's not bad. I get it. Two Super Bowls, that's still pretty good. You went to an op- you went to a wedding with an open bar. I don't know if this is a thing across the pond. This is it's a, this, this is probably this is probably stupidly American where you'll go to weddings and you've got to pay for drinks. But whatever. Maybe they do it in Scotland. But I, I said, no, just kidding. Just kidding. uh, But I will say like, it's like being in an open bar or a buffet and you're like, Oh, you only, you only got two trips out of that. You didn't take advantage of it. You walked up there and ordered a Michelob ultra twice. Like that's fine. I'm sure you had a good time, but you should want to be there. And obviously Tom Brady has kind of set unreal expectations, but I always say this, Eli Manning, has as many Super Bowl rings as Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre combined. If you have a Hall of Fame quarterback, the expectation should be a pair of rings. Have two, because that sets you apart from other quarterbacks. That that sets you apart from Brad Johnson. And not that you're as bad, like <laughs> that's but like that sets you apart. Like even like if you look at somebody like historical, um, like Roger Staubach who had to go up against the the vaunted Steelers of the 70s, like he got his ass handed to him. And, you know, the Steelers won four Super Bowls in the decade. Rodgers still had two, so it seems acceptable. It's like, ah, you ran into some bad luck there, but you won two Super Bowls. Like, it doesn't it doesn't seem like a wasted trip. And that's another thing about Packers fans is that they just can't admit this. They cannot admit this. And the strange thing is, because then they'll be like, well, what about the 85 Bears? I'm like... My dad talks about this all the time, and my uncle, like, they're super pissed. Like, they are upset. Like, they go, "Yeah, we should have won more Super Bowls in the '80s. It was a missed opportunity." You know, they. I'm trying to think of what my dad would say. Like, I think he conceded. Now uh, he what? He's he's still not ready to concede '84 because McMahon was hurt. But his contention was '85, '86. They should have repeated. The defense was better. If Buddy would have stayed, it would have made a huge. Work. World of difference, and I think the other one is '88, and where they were knocked off. I think they had Frisco at home and then lost. Like that was a we should have won three Super Bowls during that decade, and I agree. Like, and it's it's fine to have like to enjoy the '85 Bears, but still recognize like, oh, there was a missed opportunity. That team should have won more. Like, it's cool that you had the greatest team in NFL history. And it would have been better to be not the greatest team in NFL history, but won three Super Bowl titles. So yeah. there's got to be you. You should admit that. And Packer fans won't. That's why they're the worst. And by yeah. the way, <laughs> can I say something else? Am I going on too long?
0: No, go ahead. Work away, my man.
1: Let me tell you something else. And I know this might not necessarily apply to you, but I love when I, I love when Packer fans come out there and be like, "Hey, you you guys just don't know what it's like to." to root for winning organizations and all this. And I'm like, okay, you guys, oh. you guys have to stop this shit. Yeah. I know I'm tired of it. Like, first of all, the Blackhawks won three Stanley Cups in five years. The Bulls had the greatest basketball player of all time and turned that into six titles, something you guys cannot do. And uh, what else? The Cubs and White Sox have both won World Series. Uh, Milwaukee doesn't have an NHL team Uh, their basketball team I know they're playing the Nets now and the Greek freak is awesome their baseball team has not won a World Series to my recollection stop with this like you're this you're this winning you're this winning thing like you're this winning organization like you're this state like Wisconsin's just churning out all these winners like you've got the Packers and you've barely been above adequate. Like, you haven't even been as good as the Giants over the last <laughs> decade or two. So, shut up. Stop acting like you're this model franchise because you're not. You're like, you're. Is Arsenal, is that a good? Is that a perfect? America,
2: Absolutely perfect. perfect. Arsenal is probably the uh, perfect example.
0: I think so. I completely agree with you, Adam, because, like, I don't get that mindset from Packers fans because, for me as a Cubs fan, I'm pissed off that they only won one World Series. Yeah. Because they should have won either the year after or the following year because they made it so far. People said, oh, it's because getting all the way to the World Series, they got tired. But like, you look now at the way the Kansas City Chiefs are with Patrick Mahomes, and okay, they didn't win, but they got to the Super Bowl again. Yeah. Like, you don't see that with with the Packers now they're getting to the NFC championship and congratulations. You're beating the bears when they don't have a quarterback. When they, when the bears wow. start to put this, yeah, exactly. You shouldn't be congratulating yourself. That's like the Bears saying, Oh, well, we beat the Vikings and the lions who, who cares. They're, they're not going anywhere either. So I, I do find it very funny when the Packers start mentioning that and they don't realize what's coming when Aaron Rodgers does leave, because we keep saying it on the show is, Aaron Rodgers is the best deodorant in football that yeah. once he goes, all the stink is going to come out. You're going to see all the crap that look, I even remember everybody saying how great Devonte Adams is and he's a brilliant wide receiver. But does anybody remember those first couple of years in green Bay where he kept dropping passes? And then like green Bay have done this all the time when Aaron Rodgers has been there with certain wide receivers that he's made so much better when a guy like Jordan Love is going to be throwing it, or maybe Blake Bortles has to throw a couple of passes in there. They're going to see what it's really like to be in a franchise that doesn't have a quarterback. And you only have to look at what happened in the New England, that they yeah. went from Brady to Cam Newton, and it just wasn't the same. You saw how aggressive they were in the offseason this year, and everybody was very impressed with what they did. But I think that's one area that Packers fans kind of need to look at. And I think there's a lot of there's a lot of weird stuff that's going on up there you you heard like the president this week kind of basically put his foot in it again in relation to Aaron Rodgers saying he's a weird dude or a complicated dude I'm like you've worked so hard to try and get him to possibly come back and then you say that it's like I, I, I don't blame Aaron Rodgers for wanting to go I always remember I always kind of compare it to when Joakim Noah was talking about Cleveland and he was saying who wants to go to Cleveland? Who wants to go to Green Bay? Like, there's nothing there. There's the Packers and that's it. So it, it is really interesting. Look, we've spoken a little bit about the rookies in terms of Justin Fields and kind of what we expect. But there was a couple of other interesting notes there in terms of, I know today Tevin Jenkins signed his contract for as a rookie and that makes all the rookies have signed for the Bears now. How impressed were you in terms of that pick? Because that was one we were shocked at as well. Because we said that if the Bears didn't trade up to go get a quarterback in round one, that you stick a 20 and select Tevin Jenkins. So then when they traded up again and got the left tackle, we were just we were so shocked because we were saying after the first round, we got Justin Fields draft over, that's fine, don't need anything else. But you come out with kind of your two biggest needs going into the draft and two guys that you're probably very, very high on.
1: Yeah, and that's one of the things, too. If you would have done a mock draft and you're like, here's my mock draft, the Bears are getting Justin Fields and Tevin Jenkins, everybody would have laughed at you. Like, that's yeah. the top, like, oh, delusional Bear fan, once again, <laughs> never happened. Uh, I'll, you know, get your name tattooed on my neck if you if that actually helped, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. But that, that was the thing. And, like, I, I was even saying, too, it would have been it would have made a lot of sense that if Justin Fields would have went to the Broncos, for instance, and said, okay, like perhaps he just moved down in the draft and start accumulating as many picks as possible, maybe take additional people and still try to get Tevin Jenkins or whatever it was going to be. Or like you said, if they were at 20 and would have taken Tevin Jenkins, I'd I'd made mock drafts like that. I thought that was an acceptable pick. I think that he's the kind of of road grader. That is going to fit in very well in Chicago. Like he's, he looks a lot like Trent Williams to me. Like that's the player that I kind of think of when I see him out there. And I see some of those clips, especially the ones that were in the highlight reel uh, coming into the show. It really makes, it really was a great pick. And the fact that the bears were able to walk away with both of them. And really that's one of the things that Ryan Pace has excelled at over the last number of years is doing better after day one. Like Ryan Pace always has that, like round one is always rough for him. And it's like, oh boy. He's Except like a Ro-Con. guy. <laughs> yeah, rokon has been pretty good. But he's the guy, he's your friend that every time you golf and he gets on that first tee, you know, he's just, sh- he's he's shanking one into the woods. Yeah, It's just going to happen. <laughs> and every once in a while, he'll pipe a drive and you'll be like, hey, look at you. You're starting over. You're doing well. Uh, but then he starts picking it up on the, on the following holes. And so that's kind of what he did. Um, but this time it feels like he crushed it and then he crushed the, uh, he got up and down for birdie. So getting those two guys with the first two, I don't even care what they did. Like they could have had no other picks.
0: Yeah. And, that's uh, what we said. That's uh, what we said. We, I, I, I,
2: I'm guys, all for to... that. I, we, we, we were literally going epileptic on the first one. I, I, I'm on record as saying it just feels if they have picked me in the second, second round, I'd be like, that'll do absolutely no problem at all. I'll take that. It was sensational. Now, before I say it, I'm a big Daz Newsom fan before Karen starts going on about, about Daz. But going going on from what Kieran said with the rest of the draft that's going on from, from Jenkins going right through, the whole class seems to be really impressive. Out of a, out a grade of where the Bears have been before and what we've done in the draft, what we've seen some of the mistakes that's there, how do you rank this in, in Bears' history of, of drafts, maybe in the last 10, 15 years, where would you rank this draft class at right now? I appreciate that we haven't had a snap yet, but right now, yeah. uh, where do you
1: Oh, it's easily the best that they've had in in quite some time, and I would have you'd probably have to go all the way back into the '80s when they started building that '85 Bears team and some of the picks that they were making, and even ones that won't even you know necessarily show up like they're they're not headline grabbing picks are still going to be valuable role players uh, moving forward. Like having the depth on the offensive line now is huge. Like I think that we all assume that Jenkins is going to play, but when you look at some depth charts, they don't even have him listed as the starter which is ridiculous but they've done a nice job of rebuilding the offensive line they made some nice picks uh with Newsom and everything like that and they just picked good ball players and i know there's been some other guys that i've been excited about that haven't worked out well like kylie pitts i remember when he was he was drafted he's a local kid out here in southern california so i was a little bit more attached to him than i probably should have been but and he's made some plays but or he made some plays but i think that overall this is the kind of, when you look back at a team that's a perennial Super Bowl contender, it would be drafts like this. Assuming that everybody plays the way that we're expecting them to play, be like, oh yeah. Like you want it to be one of those things that, how did the Bears get these, how did the Bears manage to get Jenkins Enfields? I want that to be a question, you know, 10, 15 years from now. The people just can't understand how this happened. And you know, you think of like, who was the last? Diner? Like I'm sure I'm missing somebody. Oh, the Saints have done a really nice job of that before.
0: I think and, it reminds. Um, I think it reminds me of when the Raiders selected Khalil Mack and then Derek Carr in round one, round two. I think and, that's probably the closest that you probably have if both guys kind of reach to where you expect. Because, like you said, I think in terms of seeing Trent Williamson in kind of <laughs> in Jenkins, it's it's definitely a possibility. You look at Justin Fields and. I think the world of him. Even even before kind of he went to the Bears, I was like, I don't I don't understand kind of all the hate that's going on and why he's falling down. So it's definitely one of those that if both work out, it's the kind of franchise changer where if you can get your quarterback and your left tackle locked up long term, you have now your quarterback for five years, which helps even more for building that team. Because look, they are going to have to get a little bit younger on defense over the next kind of couple of years, but being able to save a lot of cap space because of Justin Fields, you're going to see that kind of difference over the next, I'd say, three or four seasons. And that makes it even more impressive, I think, what Ryan Pace has done because you look at what San Francisco had to give up to go up and get Trey Lance and compared to that, I think Ryan Pace did a really, really good job in, in acquiring Justin Fields.
1: Yeah, and if we could think about the 49ers for a second too, and I know that we've been lampooned for drafting Trubisky over Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. I think Deshaun Watson's the one that always sticks with me of like, we should have known like that was like, honestly, like he played so well in college for a great team, for a power five conference team that was winning championships. That was a huge mistake. But I think about the 49ers who twice passed on both quarterbacks, the amount of capital they gave up to get Jimmy Garoppolo now having to pay up to get, Trey Lance, like it's going to be very, although they'll get five years out of Trey Lance as well, that they've had to make a lot of moves to to get to the spot that where, where they are. And unfortunately, you know, the bears haven't had that opportunity to just tank one season to get a Nick Bosa to just land right there in the middle of it. But the bears have been pretty good about building a roster, even though they gave up a lot of capital for Khalil Mack still going out there. And I, I, I still think the roster's pretty good and i think they found some gems and you know guys like darnell mooney and if anthony miller can use this offseason as a spring a, a springboard of like listen you've made some bad choices over the last couple of years nobody in the nfl wanted you no team wanted you this is your chance to prove everybody wrong use this as motivation and if justin comes in and plays the way that he, we want him to play now this team Obviously looks good and is set up for the future. And even though we won't have a first round pick next year, they'll still be in a good spot to, to sign somebody. They can sign, a, they, can, they can sign whoever their first round pick would be. I haven't looked at the 2022 free agent class, but I'm assuming we're going to be signing a cornerback at some point. Um, maybe we trade for Gilmore. Who knows? I also look, but now we will have the luxury of just being like, we're just going to be building a team for the next couple of years through the draft of like, we're just taking the best player available. Like that's all we need to do. And we still haven't even talked about Cole Komet, who could be somebody who, who steps up and really wait, I was using this to bash the 49ers, but I'm just so excited about our team. But I think that there's a lot of, a lot of ways to go. And I think there's still a lot, I, gosh, I still feel like we're improving. Like this is an improved team over a squad that went to the playoffs last year.
0: I'm going to help you bash the 49ers for a second. So basically, the one thing that came out, especially when the 49ers actually made the selection, is that they didn't tell the scouts, they didn't tell anybody who they're actually picking. Very similar to what Ryan Pace did when he went rogue and went for Mitchell Trubisky. So I'm, you are starting to see a lot of similarities between what happened in this draft class, giving up a lot of draft capital to move up, and then when it comes to selecting the quarterback, not actually telling the scouts that have done all the work yeah. on these quarterbacks to go on and get Trey Lance because it's just very, I find it very interesting that when they initially traded up, all the reports were it was for Mac Jones. Yeah. Usually you don't see a team trade up when they don't know who they want already. And it seems like they may have changed kind of their mind halfway through that process of going through the quarterback. So what was your kind of opinion of, kind of the whole kind of scenario with San Francisco. We were just delighted that Justin Fields' name was completely far away from San Francisco. I did, I did, That would have been my worst nightmare, him go there and then be a success in San Francisco, get another couple of Super Bowls to already the amount that they have.
1: Yeah, it's – you know, it, it. I never really thought it was going to be Mac Jones. I always put it as a placeholder because – when I was doing mock drafts and stuff, I'm like, they're tied to Mac Jones. And the way that I do mock drafts is I try not to predict the pick, but I tell the team who to pick. Like, you should pick this person. And for the Jets, um, for the Jets, I'm like, well, you guys love Zach Wilson, so you might as well draft him. And for the 49ers, I'm like, just take the quarterback that you want, no matter who it is, just take a quarterback. I'm putting Mac Jones here as a placeholder, never really thinking that they were that's who they were going to go for hoping that it was Trey Lance and wishing that it wasn't going to be Justin Fields. Although in the back of my mind, I'm like, how do they not go Justin Fields? Like it just makes the most sense. Like he is the most polished quarterback that they have. They've already gone with a Jimmy Garoppolo who Jimmy Garoppolo is not bad. Like he's what? 22 and eight. When he starts, he's just been getting hurt. And so Maybe I I started thinking like maybe they will go for the project because they could probably get another year or two out of Jimmy Garoppolo, whatever they need. It's interesting to me when you look at the Rams and you look at the 49ers, two teams that were not satisfied with their quarterback situation. And the Rams just dropped the hammer, like broke up, traded up, like broke up, made him move out of the house shacked up with somebody else immediately. And we're going that way. And the 49ers are like, no, 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 let's stay together. And then you start wondering, like, why is Trey Lance hanging out all the time? Why is this guy always over here? Should I be worried about this? What's happening? So it'll be interesting to see. And, you know, because we're always going to be tied to the 49ers because of the Mitch Trubisky thing. Like, I'm hopeful that you know, I I don't ever want to root against anybody, but I I kind of hope like the 49ers have to suffer for a little bit, and I still think too. And a lot of people don't understand this. I keep almost getting lost behind the logo. <laughs> I uh, Should move over, so I don't. But anyways, um, and my dad always would talk about this about the um like the whole thing like about Ro- uh, Walter Payton not getting a touchdown in the Super Bowl stems from the 49ers. And maybe you've heard me tell this story before, but his whole theory is that in 84, Bill Walsh put Guy McIntyre in the backfield against the Bears in the 1984 NFC Championship game. And then the following year when they had William the Refrigerator Perry, Ditka started doing it and became so enamored with it. And then obviously William Perry gets the ball in the Super Bowl and you know, scores the touchdown. Walter Payton doesn't score the touchdown and their bogus excuse about like, well, they were trying to stop Walter from getting into the end zone. I'm like, I don't care if you give the ball to Walter Payton four times, he's going to get into the end zone. Like there is, even if it was fourth down in a game, you're killing this team. I'd be like, you're running at it. Like you would not have stopped Walter Payton. Like, I don't care if, if all 11 guys were unblocked, Walter Payton would have carried them into the end zone. <laughs> So just give him the goddamn ball and let him do his thing. And that also, so that stems back to the 49ers. So really as much as I don't like green Bay, I think the 49ers, I think this is my dad's influence is, um, (laughs) is I don't like the 49ers at all. Cause you know, you gotta remember too, like older people, like they, who like really remember the eighties, like they hated San Francisco. Cause green Bay was garbage. Like green Bay was like Detroit. Like it was just like, whatever. They were like them and Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay was in the division. Like, they were just like, whatever. That was just wins, like two wins. Like, it wasn't a thing. Like, Packer fans were all about the rivalry in the 80s. They were like, oh, we got to beat the Bears. And the Bears were like, whatever. Who cares about you? Like, it's changed. Like, kind of how the attitude is right now, it was reversed. So, for older people, a lot of them feel like the 49ers are a team that you love to see fail. So I think if Justin Fields outplays Trey Lance, I think that'll just add another layer to that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Look, I guess one of the things to bring up is, obviously, a lot of the reports that have come up this week, and I know Matt Nagy has been on Chris Collins' work podcast, and there was questions in the press conference that I think it was yesterday about kind of what's going on with Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. And it's one that – and it's. One thing that I like about you, yourself, um, Adam, is the fact that you, you'll you say exactly what you think. And this is one topic that I've kind of gone kind of back and forth with, but then when I heard everything that came out this week, basically that Matt Nagy said that Andy Dalton's going to be the week one starter. But then during the press conference, I think it was Mark Silverman that asked him two questions towards the end. First question was, was Andy Dalton promised... The starting job or the week one job, and he said no, but that he told him he was a starting quarterback. But then the second one was very interesting because he asked them to clarify what he spoke about on the po- on the podcast with Chris Collinsworth. And the interesting thing was he uh, Mark Silverman asked him if there was any chance for Justin Fields to beat out uh, Andy Dalton for week one, and he basically said no, which for me it's something that went against it because when you look at even the players that are on the field they know who's going to be the better quarterback they can see it they can feel it and for you to choose who's going to start week one before training camp has even begun I think that's you're kind of really affecting your team because look this defense are gonna like you like we've said before players know when who should start and when if they start seeing Justin Fields as kind of the better quarterback which eventually that's what we're going to see because Justin Fields should be better than Andy Dalton going forward but it just depends how long it's going to take him to be comfortable in the offense and to know the offense but do you think that's kind of to a detriment of the team of what Matt Nagy's actually come out and said that he's basically admitted that Justin Fields doesn't really have a genuine opportunity to start week one.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a complicated issue because I don't want to get too far into the weeds of week one and really worrying about week one because we're now worried about the the long the long story. This is a yeah. this is this is something that we hope is going to play out over 15 years in Chicago, and I hope at some point we'll look back and say, "Who cares who started week one in Los Angeles?" of 2021 it doesn't matter now he's leading us to the super bowl and everything like that i do appreciate the the idea of not just giving justin fields the job and being like yeah like this is our quarterback no matter what like even even though he looks like a clown right now but like having brian schottenheimer talk about like we don't know who the starting quarterback is for the jaguars like okay, like, okay, (laughs) yeah, okay, (laughs) like, okay, like these guys should have to go earn it. And there's something to be said about that. And I agree. Like, let's do it. I don't, the one thing that I would push back on is like, I don't like the, there's no chance in hell. Like I would be like, well, never, I just wish Matt would say, never say never. Yeah. Which part of me, but it's, it's so, again, this is so complicated because part of it is like, You don't want to be wishy-washy. Like if you ever talk, you know, like to a significant other, they don't want you to be wishy-washy. They want you to be committal, like committed one way or the other. And uh, the one thing that I really have to appreciate about Matt Nagy and people are like, well, he's so, he's so arrogant. Like, I hate that about him. I'm like, all the great coaches are arrogant. Like Bill Belichick is arrogant. Bruce Arians feels like he's not arrogant. He's arrogant. Like, the stuff that he was saying about Tom Brady, like, that's insane. But still, behind the scenes with letting Tom do his thing. All of these coaches are arrogant. Matt LaFleur took over and was kind of like, F Aaron Rodgers, you're going to do it my way. Like, the, you don't get to this level without being a little arrogant. So part of me loves that Matt Nagy is not wishy-washy. Not, you know, not like, oh, too vague or whatever. But I do believe that while there's a plan in place, and I think the plan extends to week one, is that they want Andy Dalton to go on the road, and I'm putting that in quotes because I know that the Rams are moving into a new building. If you don't think that that, that stadium-
0: That's Soldier Field 2.0. Is, is, not,
1: is not gonna be half Bears fans. I would be shocked, shocked, I tell you, if it's not 70% Bears fans. And I will hopefully be in the crowd and I'll be able to give you the true story. As we say, it's going to be at the worst case scenario. Doomsday scenario is 50-50. And, but it's going to be, it's going to be like a home game. So I appreciate that you don't want to just give him the job and you don't want to do that. And even if he does play well in preseason, it's still going to be preseason and everything like that. But you got to be willing to have the quick hook. And you got to be willing at some point to say, we're making the decision. The one thing that I will point out is last year, they opened with Mitch Trubisky and they quickly went to Nick Foles. Now, Nick Foles sucked and it didn't work (laughs) out, (laughs) but Matt Nagy had no hesitation making that move. So I don't, I don't know why everybody's freaking out about this. Like, yeah. Okay. Like I wish, yeah, I mean, that's kind of a bad look to say that he's not competing but at the same time, you know, he, he quickly pulled Mitch Trubisky. I don't think he's going to have any hesitation going with Justin Fields. And I know a lot of people liken this situation to Patrick Mahomes and what was going on in Kansas city and maybe following that game plan. But I think that ignores the fact that Alex Smith is one of the more disrespected quarterbacks yeah. yep. in NFL history. Who's a damn yep. good quarterback. And you were going to the playoffs with Alex. Like, Alex Smith, if I'm not mistaken, I think they went to the playoffs, right? Didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, first, they, yeah they, they got yeah.
0: knocked out in the first round.
1: Did they yeah. lose to the Titans? Was that the game? Yeah,
0: they were winning by a bunch, and then they stopped running lost the ball. to the Titans,
1: yeah.
2: Yeah, they
0: stopped yeah. running the ball. Then.
2: That That's the thing um, that really, really annoys me about this whole field, is the, is the pushback on Mahomes. And everything is kind of connecting Justin Fields and Mahomes over and over and over again since we drafted them. And it's a complete, 100%, it's a completely different scenario. It's a completely different team. Like Kansas City were fully ready to go and win, fully ready to go. And Mahomes walked into that team fully prepared right across the board. The Bears have holes we do. We've got things that we need to fix and need to fill. And it will not be something that we're looking at next season as something that we're really ready to go. But it's so much more exciting. Myself and Karen, when we started this show, and all we were talking about is, oh, dear God, let's see what the size defence is going to do. That's probably the only thing we were looking forward to because we couldn't do anything else. Now we're talking about unbelievable free agents that we've got in that looks like, oh, we could run the ball. We could pass. We, we look like a, an offence that you want to watch. And, I, and I'm with you, I think Dalton, Dalton's going to be interesting when they start week one. I think by week four, I think we're... We're having Soldier Fields being created into Mr. Fields' house. I just see him by week four. I think when he's in Detroit, he'll be, yeah, he'll be under center. And
1: you got to remember, you know, we're going to have a couple of new starters on the offensive line. So you want to make yeah. sure that the offensive line is playing. And if we're fortunate enough to get to that week four game, I think a lot of people have been circling week four against Detroit, an opportunity to put Justin Fields out there. You want that offensive line to get some continuity. And as long as they found the right combination and everybody's playing great, then it's like okay, that makes that decision a little bit easier. So I, I can understand it. I understand why they're thinking Andy Dalton going up against the number one defense from last season, two possible, two new starters on the offensive line at, at both tackle spots, you know, um, and then just just taking it as it is. And I, you know, I think people just want to make the most out of him. I think that again. It sucks that he's not competing, but at the same time, I do like that our coach is committed to his vision and is not like, eh, wishy-washy. Like, like ask one of your friends, like what bar, do, what, what pub do you want to go to tonight? Like, I don't know. We could go to the <laughs> <laughs> like that up, Like, make a goddamn call and he's making a call and you can disagree with it, but he's making a call. So we'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one because you can see parallels and you kind of mentioned it with last year where they had their plan and I think the problem was that their plan was so rigid that Matt Nagy had already decided that Mitch was going to start the season even though he didn't really want Mitch to start the season. So I think what he needs to do is he needs to let this play out because if Justin Fields does look a lot better early on, you have to give him the opportunity to come in. I've always said that I think the most realistic is very similar to what we saw with Justin Herbert last year, where it's early and we got to stab,
1: we got to stab
0: Dalton in the heart. <laughs> with the no, needle? <laughs> no, we, we <laughs> can like make him like maybe slip coming out of the shower or something like that, and ha- he has a little bit I'm of a back pain. But look, I'm, I, I'm
2: sure, I'm sure Tevin Jenkins would do it. The looks of Tevin Jenkins, I feel Tevin Jenkins is the kind of guy that would be the guy that would do that as well. Just putting it out there.
0: I can't I think the problem is going to be if some of the guys on offense especially you look at kind of alan robinson and stuff that hasn't had a good quarterback if he sees early on that justin fields can kind of get him the ball and that he's that difference maker i think that's when you're going to start to see is when the players start to realize especially if dalton does start the season you start losing games that's when you're going to start to lose a bit of the locker room where you might get that kind of quick leash when you probably don't want it like I think the, the best case scenario for the Bears in this is Dalton does start and you win the first couple of games because it it releases some of the pressure that may be on that if you yeah. do start Dalton Fields isn't quite ready. But if you start losing games, the pressure from inside and outside the organization is just gonna get so much. That's gonna be it's gonna be very difficult for a team that we saw last year that when they had one plan, they kind of got rid of that very quickly when things went south. So it is going to be an interesting one kind of to say the least. I guess one of the other interesting storylines from this week in terms of if we stick with the offense is Allen Robinson. Even though he's on the franchise tag, shows up to the veteran mini camp which we see a lot of guys don't do when they're on the franchise tag. He's already said he'll be there for each day of the of training camp. How important do you think it is over the next month because I think the Bears have 4 weeks now to yeah. get Allen Robinson a new contract. Do you think that's a really important Thing that the bears need to do because you look at some of the players that are available next year in free agency and alan robinson's at the top of that list assuming Devontae adams signs a new deal with green bay as well yeah you know what um
1: i thought personally i i want him signed i want him delivered and i always hate when you go on twitter and you're like hey this would be a great day to sign alan robinson <laughs> and there's always got to be some some guy some guy just comes up like actually like when you look at the salary cap situation it's kind of like like shut up you don't know you don't know how the salary cap works Like, stop stop being an expert it's like I don't know this is not gonna translate to a European audience but whenever like you walk into a grocery store here in America and you hand them like currency that's larger than the normal amount like everybody becomes an FBI forensics expert yeah. like looking at the bill. Like you don't know what a fake bill, like stop it. Like yeah. you have any, you don't know. So stop acting like, you know how the salary cap works. Cause you don't. And let me tell you the truth about the salary cap. It's an excuse. The salary cap is nothing but an excuse to, to, to stop paying players. And we've seen it this off season where the chiefs were like, Oh, the Chiefs are in this dire salary cap situation, and then they sign 90 guys, and they're just, like, throwing around money because it's just a stupid myth. It's kind of like like I have children, and if somebody calls me up and they're like, hey, can you help me move this weekend? They're like, oh, I got to take the kids to the park. Can't do it. <laughs> yeah. But if somebody calls me up, they're like, hey, I got, a, I got us a, an early morning tea time on Saturday. I'm like, okay, let me see if the kid's grandparents – can watch it. I'll be there. If not, I'm going to make them sit in the cart. I'll buy them a cart. By the way, that was this golf course I go to. They got really mad at me because I rented a cart but it was just for my, like I still walked. My kids were just driving. (laughs) My daughter's six and they're like, what are you like? What is happening? Like, you know that the, like an adult has to drive these carts still. I'm like, come on, Terry. He's like, I can't like and his whole thing was like, I can't let the other guests see it because, like, you're not supposed to let anybody else onto the course. He's like, you paid for it. Like, he didn't realize. He's like, I paid for them. They're not golfing, but they're out there. I'm like, what do you want me to do? Like, they love being out here. They just play with, like, my son will take his club and he'll hit. Like, we play best ball. He'll just hit his thing and clap his hands. Like, all right, pick it up. Let's go. We're on
0: the green. What um, you need to do, what you need to do is just wear a visor, wear Chicago Bears stuff, and then just tell Terry that if anybody asks you, like, do you know who that is? That's Matt Nagy. So, Matt Nagy. Yeah. so make, so make sure you don't go near him. But yeah, look, it's, I think it's a, it's a really interesting scenario with A. Rob because he clearly has. And I, a really I good... didn't
1: answer that question, by the way.
0: Um, oh yeah, go ahead.
1: I'm so sorry. Listen to me. I, uh, I'm the worst guest that you could ever have because no. I'm <laughs> competing here. Man. Hey, Rank. Come here and talk about talk about the Bears for a little bit, and now I'm talking about Terry at Bixby Knowles <laughs> Golf Course. I like talked more about Terry than I've talked about Alan Robinson. Here's my thing about Alan Robinson, and you know what? There could be a possibility that some years from now we look at that contract and like yeah, it's a little bit bloated. I mean, nobody's immune to this. Like Julio Jones was just traded. Nobody is going to be immune to this, but I just feel like we owe it to Alan Robinson that when we finally get a quarterback, who's af- actually not, you know, it's funny. I haven't heard either one of you cuss and I'm sitting here working blue. So I apologize, but we've had quarterbacks that haven't been worth a, a darn.
0: I like, haven't you know, worth a shit.
1: Just say thank you. Okay. Now, <laughs> I Look away. Now, I, now I feel better. Okay. These quarterbacks, like he, de- he deserves to play with Justin Fields. If it costs us, a little bit more then so be it you know what i'm saying like it's i don't know it's like going to disneyland and you know my my sister gets us free tickets because she works security at disneyland and it's I like that. i always i always buy a uh well she gets it for free but for the for the other kids and stuff i buy them like the photo pass or the fast pass thing it's a couple extra bucks but it's like We owe it like it would be cool to like not go to Disneyland and not pay for a thing all day. But it's like the least I can do is extend this to your family to let them like have the fast pass or whatever. And I think Alan Robinson deserves the same courtesy as like, bro, you signed here when Mitch Trubisky was our quarterback. We're probably overpaying you, but we're going to do the right thing and pay you. So uh, give him a little bit of an opportunity. Let's pay him. Let's bring him back. He's been the consummate professional. Never complains. He embraces being a Chicago legend. Let's just pay him. I don't. I don't care. I'll. I'll take the salary cap hit five years from now. Just pay the man. We we're gonna have Justin Fields for five years. We're fine. We've got the money. Let's just do the right thing.
0: Yeah, the dude is putting up big numbers, and he's had Blake Bortles, he's had Mitch Trubisky, and Nick Foles throwing the ball. Like, yeah. get him a proper quarterback, which we look to have done now. We're set. So- Hopefully, we get to see pretty early on with Justin Fields to see that kind of connection between them. I think that's really important as well. That the fact that he has shown up, that you're going to start to see kind of chemistry between them. Because if Alan Robinson was holding out, it would have been it would have been a bad kind of thing just for the development of their kind of relationship. Because yeah. we would have seen some of I know Daz Newsome when he wasn't injured that he and Justin Fields were starting to develop a bit of a relationship. We're seeing today, there was a couple of videos of Justin Fields throwing Alan Robinson some balls, and I think a lot of Bears fans just wanted to inject that video into their veins. Yeah. That, that's all they wanted to see. It's it's really good to kind of see some of that stuff. But I guess to go on top of, we have Alan Robinson showing up for it, even though he has this kind of contract situation. But then one of the other ones that's really surprising, we saw the kind of guys on defense come back. We saw Khalil Mack, Hakeem Hicks. All the guys kind of come back except for Eddie Goldman, and this is one that kind of would concern me a bit because yeah. he he sat out last year.
1: Yeah,
0: and um, it was brought up to Matt Nagy, and well, the first answer that Nagy gave was very kind of professional, normal Matt Nagy speak that he's a very yeah. jovial guy. But then they are uh, they asked a question that was yeah they they basically asked asked him was. Eddie Goldman allowed to miss camp, and he said, no, it's no. mandatory. No. So he he's very pissed off with Eddie Goldman. Yeah. Now, it's an interesting one because if Eddie Goldman doesn't show up for training camp.
1: But he said he's going to.
0: Yeah, I, I guess the only thing is they probably expect him to come up for the mini camp as well. So it, it's an interesting it's scenario right, that – Yeah. Yeah, like it's, it's, right it's one of do. those – yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's definitely one that has to happen because I've always been concerned about Eddie Goldman because even in the past when he's been really good, you always see early in camp, he has his struggles with his fitness because he's yeah, a big yeah. guy and the last thing you want to see is it's getting closer to the season and he's still not back in shape because he's been out of football for an entire year which you're hoping he was kind of staying in shape for. Now he's missing kind of the mini camp where the rest of the guys are there. Like, If Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mocker are out there playing, you should be there too.
1: No, for sure. That is one of the ones that I started to wonder. Like, is he going to end up on the pup list to start the season? And part of me is like, you know, in all honesty, if he is not quite ready to go and had to take a couple of weeks because this is the longest season in NFL history, like if he just shows up in week six, that seems like a – you know, hey, we're, we're getting a stud coming in late in the season uh, when teams are starting to, like, you know, guys are starting to get hurt and whatever. Like, hey, a, a nice boost to the roster. But at the same time, like, this is the difference between somebody like Allen Robinson who's like – and I know, and I, I saw the comment from Chubbs82 where Allen Robinson would, would forfeit some money if he didn't show up. But what we're seeing around the league with guys like um, Chandler Jones and other players – who, you know, they're, they're losing Aaron Rodgers. Like a lot of these guys are losing out on money. Like that is, that's part of the dance. And if Alan Robinson really wanted to push the issue, he could not show up and perhaps force his hand and force his way out of Chicago. And if we didn't have Justin Fields, who knows what would have happened. But the fact that he's there Chubbs, it just says a lot to me about his character. And, and I'm not, I'm not using that as a shot to, uh, to, to Goldman, but I would, I really would like to have seen him show up. It's like, you kind of, you kind of want him to do the right thing. Like when you, if you have children, you know, you want to see them do the right thing. Like, ah, you know, like they're not perfect. And, and, you know, but I, I would like to see him do the right thing. And I think too, you know, with a lot of bears fans last year, and not that you owe bears fans anything, but a lot of, I I always felt like there was a lot of love for Eddie. Like a lot of people were supportive of his decision. I remember personally, Um, tweet like the matters that I was tweeting at him, but it's like, hey man, like I I will never hold this against you. Never. Like go whatever you think is the best decision for you and your family. Do what you gotta do. I support that one hundred percent. I just and again, you still don't owe us anything. I was just hoping that you would show up for this mandatory camp. Just, you know, this as a fan and whatever. I I don't know his situation or anything that's going on. Which is why I don't wanna I don't wanna I don't want to uh, smite him or anything or say anything bad about him. I just wish he was there. And I'm sure that if it's, you know, something that comes out that whatever the the issue is, I hope, you know, the best for him and everything like that. But I, again, like as a fan, you just wanted him to be there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, go go ahead, Anthony. Yeah.
2: Sorry, I think that's the point is because everything's been so positive since Night. Everything's yeah. been so positive the Bears, it's been like another good news story another good news story, Green Bay's imploding all these things that you want to hear as a Bears fan, and this is the one little thing in the back of the head, that and Keem yeah. Hicks and, and potentially losing him at the same time as well, there's been again resurfaced talks about that, but just they're the two little niggling things at the back if we can get A-Rob sorted out, if Eddie Goldman could can turn up, and if we can move forward like that, and maybe maybe we get somebody else at a corner, that would be fantastic but it's just, we're Bears fans something yeah. has to wrong and this is kind of wired in our brains that this is the thing that could go wrong and Eddie Goldman will stop and suddenly teams just run the guts on us and it doesn't matter who we have because suddenly our defense will fall apart because that's what we're used to in Chicago we don't have good things happen to us especially in football so I think it's it's really interesting to watch what's going to happen there and I think everyone will forget about it if Goldman turns up to camp and everyone's thinking it's great Um, everyone will forget about this and it's just because we're Bears fans we just, it sits there in the back of our head. Yeah, yeah
0: Sorry. Yeah, I have to wonder if it's something to do with maybe he could be waiting for a lot of the, his teammates to get vaccinated. Even if it, because oh. if he if he if he sat out, I know there was rules that came out today about the differences between players that get vaccinated and those that don't. I wonder if it's something to do with that, because I know there's been a lot of players that have been interviewed that have said that they haven't been vaccinated yet, but they're planning on getting it. So I wonder if it's something to do with that, that maybe he's hoping that by the time it hits training camp that more of the guys are. Because obviously there's probably somebody in his family that the fact that he sat out an entire season, like we heard with Damian Williams earlier on in the season where he said that, it was a really difficult decision for him to sit out the entire season, but it was because of somebody at home that he yeah. that he did that. And I wonder, it's probably something similar, but it might be something a little bit more serious with Eddie. So it's hard to, to yeah. speculate, but it's back to the point of what you said, Adam. It was just would have been nice to see him there because the defense really missed his presence up front because you want to have him, Akeem Hicks, and Bilal Nichols playing together yeah. rather than having to force Bilal Nichols into that kind of nose tackle where... It's not really his point of strength. He can he can do the job, and he did it last year very well, but you kind of want him kind of rushing the passer as well from the inside.
1: Yeah, we love him. I mean, again, this all goes back to just him being a, a, a good player and a good teammate. We just wanted him there. It's like you go to a party, and you, you invite all your friends, and one of your friends can't make it. You're like, oh, we wish you could be there. I hope that it's nothing serious, and I hope it works out, and hopefully, like you said, I think Anthony said, you know, when he gets a training camp, he's there. And then all of this is water under the bridge and nobody cares anymore. And we can look back on it. By the way, when you're talking about vaccinations, um, I don't know if you guys saw this story, but uh, Justin Herbert was asked about it. And, you know, he, the Chargers practice facility is like 10 minutes from my house. And of course, Matt Money Smith, one of my coworkers is the voice of the Chargers. And um, he, so, so Herbert goes up and all these quarterbacks, Zach, like Zach Wilson, Kirk Cousins, all these jokers are like, oh, it's a personal decision. Like, okay, so you're saying no. Um, Justin Herbert. Yeah, exactly. They asked Justin Herbert and he's like, oh yeah, I got I got vaccinated. Of course I did. Um, it should be noted, Justin Herbert was a biology major at Oregon. So if anybody, like if anybody who could be like, I'm doing my own research, it would be Justin Herbert, who's probably the, the most educated <laughs> on this. Of being the guy like, yeah, I'm taking that vaccine. Like, hey, I don't know. Like, I, I know it's a thing. And I know people aren't tuning into this to hear my political stance. But at the same time, it's like, have you gotten smallpox? No. Why? Because you had a vaccine when you were born. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> like, it, it doesn't make yeah, sense. Like, polio? No. Because <laughs> uh, I was I was listening to it. Was it, I think it was Montez Sweat, I, I believe, that I think they had somebody come in to explain to them about the vaccine. And I'm like, I don't get why these players need somebody in to kind of explain it. And like, we've been listening to this stuff for the past 12 months about what a vaccine can do. We're seeing that there's full baseball stadiums and we're not seeing huge massive spikes. So obviously something is the reason for that. Like COVID hasn't gone away. Like it's still there, but it's the fact that the vaccinations are what's going to help. And I think, the fact that the league have come out today and they've kind of put in certain protocols in place for people that are vaccinated, and it's a lot looser. And honestly, it gives that advantage to a team because it just takes it. Let's say you get into a playoff, close to the playoffs, and one of the quarterbacks isn't vaccinated, and suddenly someone in their family tests positive for COVID, and then they yeah. miss the entire playoffs. Like that's that's the that's the big problem. It's like you go John Rahm on them. Yeah, exactly. Like, I know I kind of go I kind of go back to, I guess the Cubs on this one that I know their GM is really annoyed that the majority of their kind of staff and players aren't vaccinated. And it's a it's a big deal. I know even for NFL teams, if the coaches aren't vaccinated, they can't be on the field. So it, it I think the NFL are making the right stance that while they're saying it's important that the guys kind of understand what the vaccinations are, they're trying to give it an incentive for these guys to actually take a a vaccine because they're with a lot of players. Like It's not just a 53. Like You know yourself. When a team is traveling, there's hundreds of people that are traveling together. And the last thing you want to do is kind of what we had to do last year where you're kind of separating or I think some teams were in like two or three separate buses when they got off the plane. It's, It's a nightmare. You want to try and get back as normal as possible. I know there was a report today that the Bears sent out a kind of an email to all their season ticket holders that they're planning on a full stadium at Soldier Field, and that's that's great to see. So uh, it's just it's just one of those that I think the players I think need to be a little bit smarter. Like you said, Justin Herbert would know best. Yeah, <laughs> the, right. like follow follow those guys. Don't follow the guys <sighs> that are these kind of conspiracy theorists. that think that the vaccine is gonna give you all this other stuff it's it's there to kind of protect you and it's being approved by different areas and we don't usually talk too much about kind of politics but i think it's it is really important as we get closer to the season because we're seeing kind of big names in other sports not get it and it's one of those that you would think that at this point i'm like i always say these guys do everything for their body to try and get a competitive advantage yeah Yeah. and yet they won't Take a vaccine that's supposed to make them healthy, so that they can play.
1: Yeah, and it's I, I know that- that they they act like they're saying, "I'm sorry, Anthony," but um, but they're like, "Hey, the NFL has no right to say this." It's like the NFL has been regulating their bodies since 1982 when they're like, "No steroids, you can't take this, you can't take that, you can't do this." And honestly, like, uh, uh, of course, like it is, it is uh, it is America. So it's, it's, but it's a private business. And if the NFL is a private business says, if you want to play, you need to be vaccinated. They can do that. Now the government can't do that. The United States government can't come in and say like you, if you don't have a vaccine, you can't do this. But a private business like this absolutely can. And that's, you know, that's the way the system is set up. And if the NFL wants to make these things like, Hey, we want people vaccinated and, you know what, this, this is part of the rules of playing just like you do anything else. I remember when I played football, I had to take physicals and I had to do all sorts of things like that. And it's very invasive. They, they, they stick their hands into places you don't want <laughs> them sticking it. And, uh, but that was the price you had to pay. And you know what, like if I didn't want to go through uh, a, a physical regimen where some guy's cupping my, you know, whatever, then I'd, I wasn't going to play football. And similarly, like, okay, like you, listen, you don't have to do this. Like, it clearly is your choice. You might not be able to play NFL football, but it is still clearly your choice.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: There was was actually a a big one in in rugby over here in in Ireland in the UK, a pretty famous player in England, uh, did an interview where he turned around and said that he wasn't going to get vaccinated, he didn't agree with the vaccination. And within 12 hours, he had completely reversed his thought process and had a different idea at all. I'm certain that his club contacted him as soon as the interview went. Going, I'm sorry, you said what? Sorry. So, within 12 hours, so that the, the podcast he spoke on was at nighttime. By the morning, he had a statement on the club website changing his complete position.
1: His agent working overtime drafting that that statement.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's like, and even if these guys don't aren't going to get the vaccine the worst thing that they can do is actually answer the question and say that they're not going to take it because we saw what happened with Anthony Rizzo recently where he he said it and he was being honest but then pretty sure straight away his agent was like on the phone being like Like, don't don't do this like don't answer do what LeBron (laughs) did and just say it's a personal decision (laughs) and that's it but look I I guess before before we let you go I know you would do quite a bit on nfl network in terms of fantasy as well so normally when you kind of get ready for fantasy leagues i never am thinking of many bears players to put in the team because honestly there's not too much alan robinson in recent years has been good but is there anybody that you would consider this year as you kind of head up towards the start of kind of fantasy football which is going to start ramping up pretty soon because as we get kind of closer to training camp i I don't understand the guys that do their leagues like months in advance because then you get a big injury and your team screwed but what do you think of kind of some of the bears players potentially for picking up i know anthony will go for cairo santos for the first round but like of course
2: <laughs> first round baby
0: first round baby
1: um well we love david montgomery and i think that um he's been one of the better running backs and it's funny because Everybody wants to say that, oh, they had a butter soft schedule at the end of last year. That's why he did so well. And yet you look at Jonathan Stewart or, um, yeah, who am I talking about? Yeah, Like, like him and the Colts had an easy schedule down the stretch too, and he was great, and everybody wants to draft him first overall. So you can't do it for one guy and not do it for the other. So I love David Montgomery. I think we love Darnell Mooney as a breakout player this season. We're going to be drafting him as well. I really do believe, I think I saw somebody in the comments talking about Cole Komet. Yeah. I'm not I'm not picking Cole Komet as my number one tight end, but you know, and I would I would ask you to ask your league commissioners to kind of expand your benches this season so you can kind of carry that extra quarterback maybe carry an extra tight end that if you don't get Travis Kelsey and you need a little bit of Jonathan Taylor, Jesus Christ. Sorry. I say Jonathan Stewart. It's,
0: it's because he went to Wisconsin. Nobody cares about guys that oh, are Wisconsin. That's what it is.
1: Right. So uh, thank you so much for that. Um, but uh, I, I like Cole Komet as a possible breakout guy. And if I, and if I have a deep bench and I can hold on to an extra tight end, that is one of the guys that I identify. I'm not saying that he's going to have a George Kittle like breakout, and if we do ding Ryan Pace, um, probably more so than the Trubisky thing, Adam Shaheen instead of, uh, of George Kittle will always be one that kind of sticks with me as well. And George but, Kittle's uh, a Bears fan. God damn it. That was so perfect. Although <laughs> we, it could be worse because I know that Daniel Jeremiah told me, like, oh, Adam Shaheen. I'm like, bro, he's from fucking – excuse my language. Uh, no, you're good. <laughs> I went F-word. Edward. F-word's a different level. Um, <laughs> There's a parent outside too who just looked at me like I'm, I'm on the, whatever. It's the U.K. I can use the c-word here if I want. I won't. Yeah. But um, I um, but I'm like, he's from Ashland. This is stupid. Like, why do people not like George Kittle? Like ah, uh, like he's injured or whatever. Like oh, uh, so many excuses. But it, at least we're not, at least we're not Denver who picked Jake Butt. The pick immediately in front of George Kittle and how, how, how life could be different if they had made that pick. But uh, I do like Cole Komet. We love Darnell Mooney. Um, and, of course, David Montgomery is guys that you can pick. And, again, going under the, of the mind of if you can take a – if you have room for a quarterback to carry an extra quarterback. Uh, I know a lot of people just like to draft one and will stream theirs during a bye week or anything like that justin fields to me seems like somebody you should just want to keep on the bench you might not need him for a couple of weeks but uh somebody like jalen hurts last year who could come in and end up being a great pick for you
0: yeah i feel like justin fields and a lot of bears fans uh fantasy leagues are going to be very they're going to get overdrafted it's going to be an interesting one but yeah i i think i think the problem with the whole uh Kittle and shaheen i think ryan pace saw that adam shaheen started eating a lot of taco bell and changed his complete body type and Oh, this is a great, this is a great story. Let's go for him instead. But yeah, it's, it's a, it's an interesting one. Look, I I guess to kind of wrap up on everything here and just because there were a lot of rookie quarterbacks that were taken in terms of the five in the first round, which quarterback do you think is going to have the most impressive rookie season? I know kind of the obvious one might be Trevor Lawrence because he'll most likely start from week one. And Zach Wilson probably starts from week one and while well, the other guys pro- most likely don't. But which one do you think is going to have the most impressive season? You know what? I, I mean, obviously I'm
1: going to say Justin Fields, but we talked about him at great length. I will say this about Trey Lance, and I know I made the comparison like, hey, everything they're saying about Trey Lance is exactly what they said about Mitch Trubisky. But at least Kyle Shanahan has a history of taking guys like C.J. Bethard and uh, Nicky Mullins and guys like that, and at least for a couple of weeks, making them seem like serviceable quarterbacks. I think that Trey Lance has that ability that if he's pressed into action, because with Jimmy Garoppolo, he's either going to miss half the year or he's going to start the full season. So I do think that if he gets into a game this year, he could end up being somebody who is, uh, who could be, and I'm thinking fantasy right now too. The 49ers have one of the best fantasy playoff schedules. I know that Texans are in the mix somewhere. Like, like There's a reason why I keep drafting Trey Sermon and people like that. And so Trey Lance has that ability to me because he's got the good combination of like going to a good team uh, with some decent decent players around him with guys like uh, George Kittle and Debo. And I think Brandon Ayuk ends up breaking out a little bit. I know Ayuk sort of was a breakout last year, but I think that he has a really good opportunity as well. And the 49ers could be really good. So I think that that would be the, the guy to look for. I, I could actually see a thing. I could actually see a scenario where we trade Nick Foles to the jets and Zach Wilson has to get benched and Foles is starting for the jets for a couple of weeks. I don't know. The Zach Wilson so. thing scares me. And it's like, I know, I know why he was picked so high. And I don't think I have to say why, but we all know why. And, uh, all right. You live by your, uh, your hoist by your own petard that way. But, you got to do what
2: you got to do. i got the, the very last question. I'm killed by Karen every time because I turn around and say 17 and 0 because just right. can't say 17 and 0 anymore. You might as well say 17 and 0. Fuck. Um, really, what I look at from from I'm so confident, I'm also confident that it'll be Carlos Santos. His name is Carlos, it's not Cairo. He's the guy that's got to kick points all over the place. But from your predictions, in what are we now, 17th of June? What do you think the Bears are going to look like this year on a in a, in a figure?
1: I really do believe 9 and 10 wins is a distinct possibility. I think there's a lot of question marks, obviously, with what's going on with Green Bay. We're not losing to Green Bay if Jordan Love is the quarterback. I will just tell you that right no now. Way. That's not happening. I know that the Viking fans feel like they have the best roster in the NFL for what reason, I don't know. Um, they're also playing bring your bring – your, uh, bring your, uh, bring your kid to work day because Kubiak's kids, the offensive coordinator, Zimmer's kids, the defensive coordinator. And they're like, Hey, they've worked with these impressive people. And you're like, yeah, that that's fair. But this is still like a really a, a first time opportunity. The only one who's ever given me a decent explanation is Hugh Jackson who, uh, who's like, Hey, Adam Zimmer's always good in the odd number of years. So if you're looking out for him, I'm like, hey, you know what? That actually makes the most sense of anything I've ever heard. Like, yeah, we could go with that. I look at the Vikings, and they're like, well, we got Darisaw. Our offensive line is amazing. I'm like, you can't tell me that he's better than uh, Tevin Jenkins or anything. Like, like you can't make that call. Like, I they signed Danielle Hunter. That's good for them, but it's like Jesus. Like, stop acting like you have this renowned, like this revered. Like every time I did top five roster, top five. I'm like, you do not have a top five roster. You barely have a top four NFL, NFC North roster. Like you gotta be (laughs) kidding me. Top five roster. Stop talking that way. Like you're not not every year. Your, Your roster is not better than any of the teams in the NFC West. Like every team in the NFC West has a better roster than you. That's a given. If green Bay has Aaron Rodgers, that's a better roster. I don't think that you have a better roster than the bears. And then we haven't even gotten to the AFC. So stop acting like you're so good. So for me, I think 10 wins is attainable. I think it could move up to more if the coordinators in Minnesota fail, although I'm already expecting to beat them anyways, but if Rogers isn't there, I think that opens up a couple more wins as well, or at least one more win. I think that we should split with them regardless. Um, and then we'll see, we'll see what happens with games. Um, like the Ravens, you know, that you expect, like, ah, oh, we might not win this game against the Ravens, but I think we could win it. I think Pittsburgh could end up being worse than a lot of people think. Maybe that's a win that we weren't expecting. So there's a lot of ways to go with this one. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I see the same thing. You look on Twitter all the time. You're talking about the NFC North, and suddenly you see a lot of Vikings fans kind of populating in. And all you need to remind them is that their quarterback is Kirk Cousins, and they're not going to win any meaningful games. Um, like at the end of the day they lost to Mitch trubisky every single game he played so that's that, that's pretty much it look Adam it's been great having you on it's been very enjoyable getting to talk some bears and some talking about Terry in the golf course right, yeah. that was that was good that was I think that's gonna be the short clip all about Terry love it but, but yeah look it's it's been great having you on guys make sure that you do subscribe over onto YouTube this will be available on all your audio platforms as well. Adam, do you want to tell everybody where they can kind of find some of your hilarious tweets? Oh yeah,
1: you can find me on Twitter, at Adam or if you want to follow me on Instagram because you're a millennial or a Gen Z kid, that's Adam Rank NFL. Um, actually, I actually hit a milestone on that. I got 100,000 followers on Instagram, which is weird for somebody my age to have that many followers, so I appreciate everybody who's been aboard. I know we have a big uh, Bears following on both platforms, so I appreciate everybody. I also have a YouTube page at youtube.com slash so, if you want to follow me there and do that stuff, I appreciate it. I'm gonna make sure that I I uh, I think I'm already subscribed to this show. If not, I will rectify that. And uh, sorry that I have to run off. This is a new era hat. Hopefully, you can find it. Use Etsy. Um, you can find a lot of those hats. These hats that snuck through. This might be a prototype that you can't find, but um, you know. Yeah, there's a Etsy. couple of
0: people talking about that and hat I saw in the it. comments. This is hat. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Look.
1: And I can't wear trucker hats in the sun. So this is the only time I get to wear it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm look, bald. I'm bald. So. <laughs> so. So is Anthony. So Anthony, I mean, all of his, all of his hair went when we signed Justin Fields because he just was that. insane He just couldn't believe yeah. it. But look, it. It's been great having you on, guys. We will be back on Saturday for our Fan Zone show, which is just carnage when we have about six or seven different contributors, talking about bears, debating. There's so much stuff to talk about this week, especially if Matt Nagy keeps talking about Justin Fields and. Andy Dalton it's been great having you guys on Anthony thanks for joining me again today and until next time everybody bear bear down